Welcome to I Shouldn't Have Had Kids, a parenting comedy podcast hosted by two working moms of three kids who are somehow surviving life with boys. Not that we make it hard. We are delightful. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Share your thoughts about the show. The parental sanity you save may be your own, or possibly my mother's. I would like to relax in a hydrotherapy pool until transition. At that point, my birthing doula will escort me to the bed while it will morph like a transformer in my future son's underwear drawer into something that allows me drug-free to be upright, allowing gravity to help me bring a new life into the world. I kid you not. Mm -hmm. Mine was something quite like that. Oh, (laughs) you don't have to convince me. I I can see it and I can hear it. You were like... I was so you 1990s. Like, and if and, and <laughs> footnote in the birthing plan, if you cannot accommodate this, I'd like to talk to the manager. <laughs> I was Karen having a baby in the 1990s. <laughs> you were. Hi, that's my wife, Ellen. And that's my wife, Bonnie. And this is our podcast, I Shouldn't Have Had Kids. Welcome. Thanks for making the time. Uh, Okay, I think at this point we can actually skip the intro, honey. Wait, really? Yeah, I do. It's been a year. This is our one-year anniversary episode. Holy shit. That's all I have to say. Uh, I think you mean happy anniversary. Right, right, right. Holy shit and happy anniversary. (laughs) Does it feel like a year to you? Yeah, it feels like 10. What? No, it, it, it does feel like at least a year well it's been a strange fucking year that's for sure oh my god (laughs) this is like the ultimate how it started versus how it's going moment oh my god the meme we should apply that to parenting in general okay i'm down with that oh you're so easy i know well that's what they told me before i met you (laughs) what i'm sorry (laughs) the what Hey, before we do anything, I think we should get right to the shit list because we have a lot to talk about we tonight. Do. Yeah. Okay, you're first. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> surprise. I'm so ready for you. I have okay. just two words, and I can't believe this POS is making my shit list. Actually, maybe that's appropriate if she's a piece of shit and this is a shit list. Emily Murphy. Oh, God. The GSA administrator who refused to certify President-elect Biden's election win has finally done what she should have done a week ago. Oh, her job? Oh, yeah, her job. Right. Yeah, and not bow- kowtowing, bowing down to, sucking. I mean, um, as of tonight, the transition <laughs> is underway, ladies That's and gentlemen. A one minute and 45 seconds and the wheel <laughs> fell off of our professionalism. <laughs> I think that's a record. I think that the fact that the transition is underway mm-hmm. is actually a fitting event for this, our final show in season one, and possibly the only season we just don't know <laughs> yeah. of I Shouldn't Have Had Kids. Oh my God, seriously. I know. What a strange ride. And we were here doing this podcast through the whole damn thing. Yeah. Although the pandemic continues. Pan- the pandemic. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. The pandemic. I'm so excited about the vaccine, though. I haven't had a vaccine since 1824. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, fingers crossed that all that's. Well, we'll see. You know, mm. God, uh, gosh. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> First sound I... like a cartoon. I... Pandemic. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> What I mean, it's like I'm in the old frontier town in Disneyland. Yeah, keep are they... your arms and hands inside the car at all times. I Yeehaw! Bet... I bet they are just chomping at the bit, waiting for a vaccine to come out so they can Disneyland. Open the... Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, they come out with the list of people, and it's like, 
Anyone 90 and over, <laughs> Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Mouse, those who are immunocompromised. That's funny. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, all I know is that it's <laughs> it's really exciting to see um, the transition finally start. And, and mostly because, I mean, every day I like blow a gasket because not only is Donald Trump just a pure evil human being, but he is um, more pure and more evil than I thought because he is so focused on just like sticking it to Joe Biden at the expense of tens of thousands of Americans. Yeah, because that's they, gross. Yeah, it is really awful. He is costing the lives of Americans. So I'm excited that the tran- transition has started. He's going to start the goddamn place on fire as he walks out the door. But we come with good fire extinguishers. I hope so. I do, too. I'm so nervous. Just like me and millions of other people said, this whole delay of the election was just a look over here. Yeah, yeah. While he set booby traps and did all sorts of other stuff. He's not done yet. No, he's not done yet. He has, what, seven more weeks that he can destroy. In the words of Rachel Maddow, do not listen to what he says. Watch what he does. Watch what they do, not what they say. Is what okay, Rachel whatever, says. whatever. The if sentiment you're gonna is quote, the same. If you're going to quote my Lord and Savior, <laughs> Rachel Maddow, then you need to get it right. <laughs> oh my God, she led us into her world this week. Oh my gosh, yeah. Her home. If you don't watch the Rachel Maddow show, it's really, it's actually, she's such a bright woman, and her, um, her, the way she keeps her eye on what's important, and the way she tells the story of why it's important is really compelling. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, even the boys love watching the show. But um, she, it, you may or may not know this, but if you watch her at all, you know this. She's gay. And <laughs> she's you've seen her. She, well, if you've you seen know. her, she kind of looks like my wife. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a lot like my wife. But she and her partner, Susan, have been together for, gosh, over two decades. And um, Rachel was out. She was self-quarantining because she had been exposed to somebody close to her. And as soon as they said it, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Susan. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's her wife, her partner's name. I don't know if they are actually legally married, but might as well be. Um, and uh, so she came on this week from home, broadcasting from home to say, um, I'm still in quarantine. I'll be back in a couple of days. But here's my story. And her 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 partner, Susan, of two decades, got very sick from covid they thought they were going to lose her and that is really it was it was is it was so endearing mm-hmm. really to be a part of that and to to hear her tell the story and she's mm-hmm. certainly broken up about it but brings it home because she has delivered some amazing coverage of um of the pandemic she has really been able to bring the suffering to life in a way that motivates people to take action and mm-hmm. I, for that i will always love her all right dear heart of mine <laughs> what's on your shit list okay weirdo <laughs> <laughs> so actually this is our one year anniversary of the show of the show mm-hmm. and the end of season one yes this is a huge milestone for us it is a huge milestone and on my shit list is this experience with you. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because this has been an incredible year. Like, I have gotten to know you more podcasting mm. and hearing your stories. And I think that I have fallen even more in love with you. Oh, that is so sweet. Which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> but this has been such an, an amazing partnership because we have laughed mm. we have cried mm-hmm. we have fought mm-hmm. we have canceled shows <laughs> we have walked out on each other in the studio <laughs> we've made comedic magic yep 
we have learned about each other. Yeah. It's I mean, I can go else. on and on and on. Yeah. Like we made no money, but we started a little <laughs> business. We became business partners. Yeah. And we we became creators. Well, that's the thing. We became like almost competing creative directors. Like I would write <laughs> something and you're like, I'm not saying that. And I'm like, I want you to say this. I mean, we really yeah. expanded our relationship into a totally different realm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we started by working together and now we've, yep. we've kind, of, kind of come full circle working together on this mm-hmm. with one another. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Sorry. Well, it's just it's it's like this elasticity of our relationship yeah. and how hard that we can push on each other because there were moments working on this where I was I was really mad <laughs> yeah. Yes, at you, but in a way that was like healthy mm-hmm. if you disagreed with me creatively yeah we were disagreeing creatively and but we were able to like really brilliantly navigate through it where <laughs> we were arguing creatively as business women together in yeah. an endeavor yeah and then we would go upstairs and take 10 and we were friends again yeah and there's something very powerful in that. that's very special working your way back to connection is always going to serve you well yeah you know. I, I really learned how to quickly soften my heart mm-hmm. because I was very passionate about the craft in that moment. And I've written this thing and you're criticizing it and it's and you're like, kill your darlings. And I'm like, fuck you. And, <laughs> you know, it's a vulnerable place because you're the writer. And, you know, but we just did a good job. And I'm so grateful for have have. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm so grateful for having had this experience with you. Yeah. And what a great outlet and distraction during all of this one of the weirdest and most disturbing years of my entire life yeah and no joke and on top of that how exhausted are you i'm pretty tired (laughs) you guys i don't know how we did it actually i just cannot wait to take a break because we are so pooped out yeah because we are literally working every single night every single day it is sun up to sundown Mm -hmm. and then some well to any of my coworkers out there who are listening right now you know who you are and i love you so much i really do (laughs) it's 10 45 on a monday night right now (laughs) it's what we do and it's been I started this morning at whatever time, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm not complaining. We chose to do this. Oh, absolutely. But the fact is, we're exhausted. I think my favorite moment was the night I told you that you needed to be professional, even though you were mad at me. And you're Mm -hmm. like, this is not a job. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. You have to approach it like that because you you have to do it, right? Well, that was some, yeah. I don't remember when that was. Like, Three quarters of the way in, yeah. two thirds of the way in, maybe half of the way in. I because know. I just brought all of me <laughs> into, into the studio, the studio. and in- you only get to bring the part that's doing the podcast right. into the studio, and that's a hard lesson to learn. And I just have, well, you know, we've a decade had like of experience a normal marriage experience, <laughs> which we never did, and we're arguing about something, which would ha- which happens, or yep. we're not feeling in sync, and then we come down here and have to be funny. <laughs> How in the world? <laughs> I do remember one night. And you're able to go switch, la, la, la. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I mean, I found that really challenging, but you kind of taught me, which is a really good skill to be able to, I don't know if compartmentalize is the right word, but when you got to turn on the professional, you need to turn it. Like, turn it on. You can't turn your Zoom camera off in life, everybody. This is a tip from Auntie E. <laughs> Keep your camera on. Yeah. 
Keep your camera on. Well, when you're doing something important or that you care about that means a lot to you, right? Because this did mean so much to me. I love hearing you Mm -hmm. say that. This has been something else. And I'm excited for our next steps as well. Because don't get us wrong. We'll be back. Oh, we'll be back. The next endeavor we've got coming your way. um, We'll let you know at the end of the podcast a little bit about it. But stay tuned. However, we've got a job to do right now, Ellen. we got to compartmentalize. That's right. And stop waxing poetic about how much you love me and move on <laughs> to the topic at hand. <laughs> how it started versus how it's going. Okay, so here's the scoop. Here's the deal, as I like to say. When I was pregnant with Tigger, I wrote... I think I've mentioned it before, a four-page typewritten birthing plan. (laughs) I want you to know that that is a very long birthing plan. For those of you who've never tried to push a Cabbage Patch doll out your (laughs) hoo-ha, a birthing plan is the wish list of how you want your birth to go. Is it like a script? (laughs) A little bit like a script. Mm -hmm. So, for instance... I would like to relax in a hydrotherapy pool until transition. At that point, my birthing doula will escort me to the bed while it will morph like a transformer in my future son's underwear drawer into something that allows me drug-free to be upright, allowing gravity to help me bring a new life into the world. I kid you not. Mm -hmm. Mine was something quite like that. Oh, (laughs) you don't have to convince me. Well, I can see it and I can hear it. You were like... I was so you 1990s. Were like, and if and and, oh. and footnote in the birthing plan, if you cannot accommodate this, I'd like to talk to the manager. <laughs> I was Karen having a baby in the 1990s. <laughs> you were. Um, but essentially, that first pregnancy, everything went as planned. I will tell you, however, that that was the last thing that ever went as planned when it came to parenting. <laughs> So tonight, as a way to wrap this fabulous year of the I Shouldn't Have Had Kids podcast, we're going to take a look at how it started and how it's gone since then. And I'm talking about parenting, not the podcast. So when we're all waiting on the babies to arrive, we thought we knew what was about to happen, Mm -hmm. right, as parents Mm -hmm. to be. We had no idea. Well, did you, though? Did you have, like... Oh, oh, yeah. I had expectations. Expectations? Yeah. I had... had, um, yeah, you can call that imagination. I think you should call it fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my fantastical expectation of what's going to ha- mm-hmm. happen when I have babies. And no, it didn't look anything like that. It never does. There's no way you could imagine what it looks like to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. I think we should like go through the ages and stages. Okay. Did you have expectations? Well, I'm in a little bit different situation. You are? Yes. Tell the kind people. I wasn't prepared to come out tonight, but I'll just tell you. You're gay? I'm a gay lady. What the hell? Nobody told me this. I know. God damn it. It's really awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when Shy Guy was born, I was not the birth mom. Right. I was the extra mom. So you were not the birth mom? I was not the birth mom, and so that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird as a woman. And it, like, hormonally affects you. To be oh wow, wouldn't that be an interesting nesting study? for nine months? Yeah, as you prepare to become a parent. Yeah, but you don't grow the baby. Like it, it was a real mind fuck. Hmm. And uh, there are lots of lots of um, retrospectives I give myself where I think back <laughs> on what I could have done differently. Oh, interesting. To not have the experience that I had because mm-hmm. it's not that it was bad, but it could have been better. Yeah. 
It yeah. was very difficult and gray area to be in. Yeah. Right. And there was there wasn't a lot of precedence. No, there was no precedence, not in this town. This no. is 2004. I well, think I've talked even, about this before. Yeah, even nationwide, I don't feel like there, there were not a lot of people that were certainly talking about it, right? It was right. not particularly safe to talk about. And so there may have been some couples certainly doing that, because we know there were. Mm-hmm. But um, there was no, like, um, shared lore. So there was no shared experience to know that, oh, this is normal and this is not normal and this is how I could do it or not do it. Well, I think it's part and parcel with all of the sexual identity stuff that's going on. And I don't want to dwell on this too much because this is just newborns and infants that we're talking about right now. Yeah. But right now we've got a lot of youngsters. Well, people of all ages who are... You said youngsters. Male, female, non-binary. Yep. They want pronouns, they, them, all of that stuff. Uh And that is fantastic. Yep. And it would be great if that translated also to um, beyond the pink and blue for parents, because yeah. there's moms and there's dads. Yep. Yeah. And when my son was born and we would go to functions, though I would have nothing to t- talk to moms about. And the dads literally turned their backs on me. Right. And it was horrible. So you had no place in the world of infants I had and no newborns. place. Right. Well, right. and for me, if yep. anyone knows me, that's the most triggering thing back to middle school and high school. Right. I mean, it was just like a shit show, but yeah. it was supposed to be the most incredible time of my whole life. And I was struggling with literally no identity. Yeah. In this yeah. child's life. Like, mm. who's this? Mm-hmm. Who's it? You know? Yeah. And it was only when it was just he and I together out in the world. That he and could someone be your son. Would, that he could be my son. Wow. And someone would say, oh, my God, he looks so much like you. And I would say, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so what did I expect? Yeah. Not what I got. Yeah. With the experience of parenting. Now, he was also not what I thought because he was just like he is now, right? Doesn't talk. Shy guy. Yeah. That little son of a bitch. <laughs> Slept through the night. From the get-go. From the get-go. Yeah. And had to be woken up to be fed. <laughs> he never fussed. Wow. But he also never laughed. Mm. I mean, he was just like, I was putting a mirror up under his nose. <laughs> Flatlining. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a super, super, super easy easy baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was an interesting way to kick things off because, I mean, I had not a lot of experience with newborns. Right. And so I was like, oh, this is how it is. And other people were like, oh, I can't. I haven't slept. And, and I'm like, I'm really well rested. <laughs> I would have been one of those people that was saying I had never slept. I actually thought that <clears throat> when that baby came out that it was going to be all uh, rainbows and unicorns mm-hmm. and snuggling. And isn't this lovely? Sure. Isn't this romantic with my sweet little baby? You know, lazy days. But um, this is actually how it went. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. In the first place, I think I've told this story here before. Nobody told me, nobody warned me that I would live in constant fear that something was going to kill that goddamn baby. I was so afraid oh. of driving off the road. I was, I, I, the story I think I told here, maybe I didn't, maybe just you and I have talked about it, but I, I used to have to go over the I-90 or the 520 bridge every day. So this is the, this is the bridge, one of the bridges that goes over um, uh, Lake Washington. So I would drive between Seattle and um, Bellevue. And every day I would have that baby with me driving on that bridge and I would think to myself because it's a floating bridge this was the first I-90 this thing is going to crack 
because it's high winds and a piece of it's going to fall out and I'm going to drive right off. And so I would be driving down the road and I would see myself. I looked up online to find out what you do if your car goes into the water. That's just a good thing to do. Oh, my God. So here's what you Mm -hmm. do. You keep your seatbelt on. As soon as you know you're going in the drink, you unroll the window. You let the the car fill with water. And then you release your seatbelt first. And then you turn around and release the car seat. And you take the baby out and you float to the top. I mean... Every I'm time. really upset right now. I was so I was upset for months. You know they have tools. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, they have yes. that little pinpoint oh, absolutely. to break the glass yes. and then the seatbelt cutter. Yes. I have a knife in my truck. <laughs> for that. Set, well, I use it when I go to the garbage dump to cut open the bags of um, lawn debris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I do. That, <laughs> but it has, has both of those tools on it. And it took me a really long time to understand what the I was like, why does it have a really, really hard <laughs> point thing on this that I keep poking myself with? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's to save Tigger. It break the window, <laughs> cut the seatbelt. Yes, that's right. Hit the deer, hit the deer, hit the deer. Hit the deer. <laughs> well, wow, that, I, what a nightmare for you to just constantly be planning out your escape from death. Sh- <laughs> I seriously, I I mean, I know that some new moms don't go through that, but God, I think we all envision the worst happening to our kids because when I I will tell you that when that child was born, I was the first person to hold him (gasps) and it, it was like all of the sudden so much of the world made sense. Yeah. And as I was looking at him, realizing that my what life was changing and that I yeah. was understanding a new kind of love. Uh-huh. I also was understanding a new kind of fear. Yeah. Because the worst thing in the world would be if anything happened to this peanut. Yep. And yeah. so it was like, oh, I am so responsible for I'm a I'm so life. happy. I'm so scared. <laughs> okay, here's a question for you. Oh. Have you ever kissed anything as much as your newborn baby? No. I have... N- I, I could not believe it, nor could I believe how some nights my husband and I, my husband at the time, um, Tigger's dad, mm-hmm. and I would sit and literally just uh, stare, just watch him like he yeah. was a television. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing anything. Nope. He, was, he was an infant. He was yep. a baby. So I didn't expect that. I actually expected, in my mind, my fantastical imaginings. Um, I saw us as being very active and going out and doing this and doing that. And I was just happy to sit and get heavy and watch that baby roll around. Did you on... say get heavy? Well, sure. <laughs> well, see, that was my little funny line. When, what? When my ex was pregnant, I yeah. was like, well, I'm eating for three. Uh <laughs> That's very funny. So she's like, I'm having a quaver craving for a Dairy Queen blizzard. And I'm like, funny, me too. <laughs> so I was like a house when he was born. <laughs> you weren't. I've seen the pictures. You no, I was. And that was when I like um, started running. Well, no, because I had run since I was little off and on and then like stopped in college. And then it was in 2004 where I started like again in earnest because wow. I was wearing this shirt and someone took my picture like at his first birthday and I looked at it and I'm like it looks like I am wearing a tent like why am I wearing a tent <laughs> see you really did have that new mom experience because that is not uncommon yeah for, yeah for reals um I also expected <clears throat> angelic babies that smell like powder and newness and in they didn't? S- well, no. Poop explosions up the back and all over the bed. Mm-hmm. And maybe even moi. 
Mm. <laughs> Did not smell. Sh- shooters. Yeah. yeah. I cannot believe how much babies can poop. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe how f- the projectile of the poop mm-hmm. is what's so stunning. Oh, my God. Thankfully, I am one of the parents who actually, actually um, escaped uh, poopage when the diaper was off. So I'm feeling pretty happy oh, about that's that. that's good. Just seriously, poop explosions, right? Spit up, though. <laughs> spit up. Shy Guy was such a drooler and such a spit up guy yeah. that a bib was just a part of his getting dressed in the morning outfit until he was like, I don't even know. I mean, he just... He still Constantly. he still drools. Yeah. No. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Well, I he was just thinking. I, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. I said, uh, yeah. Thought that was thoughtless answer. But what I, you know what I was thinking about is you remember when he was like no bigger than a minute. Yeah. Like four years old and lost his two front teeth. Yeah. Before anybody else. Yes. Year, I think that the drooling was because he was teething in vitro at a <laughs> at a super 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 young age because yeah. his teeth have always just been like so early two years ahead like yeah. he was so tiny with missing front teeth that was it like was hilarious do you need growth hormone like <laughs> or did your mommy hurt you yeah what's up with your mouth dude? <laughs> what you look your way too little to have no front teeth okay my favorite line to say to children who have missing front teeth because they've fallen out is to look at them and then <gasps> act really shocked and say oh no Somebody stole your teeth and they howl. It is like every time you <laughs> really? will get a laugh. Yeah, it's a good right. one. You're welcome. Auntie B, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So good for you to show up tonight. All right. The other thing I expected was yeah. this. Um, this vi- I had this vision of mother and child <laughs> nursing in the most natural of ways. Oh, God. Well, Tigger could With not you had fucking a figure it out. Crown of daisies in your hair. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, there's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but Tigger did not he could not latch on for the life of him. So I had to it's have hard. some some strange lactation specialist in Seattle come into our house mm-hmm. to like check out my my breasts and tell me how to do it. And I was like, Were they this like is inverted the nips? Debo- de- 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 I'm not Poughkeepsie. <laughs> I'm not answering that. Well, I just want to like I'm no, actually, for Tigger of not being a you know little fuck up baby. <laughs> if you have, I will just answer it by saying this: if you have inverted nipples mm-hmm. and then you have children mm-hmm. and they do figure out how to latch mm-hmm. on, you will never have that problem again. Oh, as long as you live. <laughs> well, what TMI? I shouldn't have had kids. I shouldn't have gotten married. And I shouldn't have started this podcast. I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed for you. Oh God. Okay, are we still on newborns and infants? Yeah, I ju- yeah, just a couple more. Okay. Are you? Do you have another newborn in- infant? No, I told you I had no expectations. Expectations. I was 27 years old when that little shit was born. I f- I was like a fish out of water. You looked like you were 14. I looked like I was God, 12. I know. I looked like a 12 year old little boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do- and I was good with that. I do want to say one thing about um, the expectations that we have when when our children are born. All right. It was my modern woman right, I felt, to bring a baby into this world and continue being a powerhouse career woman. Okay. So I was going to be that superwoman. I was going to have it all, which Mm -hmm. meant that I was going to bring that baby to casting calls. And I have in Seattle. pumped in a casting director's office until it was my time to audition. And Whoa. I have just three words for you. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a really bad idea, ladies. Just say is, no. Is this in the office of the casting agent that we both know? Yes. For Jody's office. For separate reasons? Yes. Wow. I bet she 
Fucking loved that. And I'm going to say something (laughs) that is going to be kind of unpopular. I know. And there are exceptions to this rule. And I know that, too. But I think that the stay-at-home parent has to accept that parenting is going to slow down their career. Period. Getting mommy tracked was and continues to be a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that you are just kidding yourself if you think it's not going to happen. I kidded myself. I tried to stay in the game. I have been in the middle of a read at an audition and suddenly realized that I hadn't pumped before I left the house. And the race was then on to finish that audition before my milk let down. And I could only hope and pray that no one walked by the room with a crying baby because that would be the end of it. That's a really hard thing to do. To to have any sense that you are an independent, full-fledged career woman, when you are worrying about your milk letting down, Mm -hmm. that is just a mind fuck, I'm here to tell you right now. So there's that piece of it. But then there's the piece, if you take time off, you're taking time off. And Mm -hmm. that does have an effect. And I've had employers look at me differently when I came back after having a baby. I had an employer tell me that... um, Uh, A good friend of mine, Heather, and I both had babies at the same time, and they told us that we would just have to pump in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Well, this is where I shine because babies crying don't make my boobs leak (laughs) because I've never lactated. And I'm a career mom who only thrived and moved up in the world after my son was born. So fuck yeah, I guess that is my silver lining. Vindicated. Oh my God, I have a girlfriend. I have. I ever told you this story on on the air? She was know. at a McDonald's. She had a new baby, and it was time to feed the baby. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But her little boy was just starving, and so she was going to sit there and breastfeed in McDonald's. And this was before it was really readily accepted, right? Not that it's readily accepted any even now, but anyway, it was even worse then. And so. She, like, undid whatever she needed to undo to start um, feeding the baby. And right at that moment, a baby across the room starts crying. And boom, Hmm. she shot milk across McDonald's and sprayed the back of a guy's head. Okay, so. (laughs) Who never knew it was coming, never felt it. Hearing a baby cry triggers the the letdown. Yes, it's nature's way of fucking with women. (laughs) (laughs) One of many. That's right. My dear. Oh, my God. Okay, can we move on to toddlers? Yeah. Okay, so this is another one where, honestly, I didn't have a lot of expectation. For toddlers? For toddlers. Because, like, for me... I, I'm a big sister, and I loved having little sisters. But yeah. the, my some of my first memories, they're both kind of stuck at, like, four. Which is right out of... Interesting. It's just a step out of toddlerhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what I found about this age was it was, like, the most... Um, growth and like the wonderment because all of a sudden they could walk and they could use yes. their hands they could words and, were and coming and little bits oh. and they were starting to communicate and they were they were really figuring out their bodies but it was still super localized right so what they were doing was exploring the fuck out of their living room <laughs> it's true you know nothing was safe in the living room like it's still in a crib and like just making it their little condominium like this animal <laughs> needs to sit here and this one sits here and it was so specific and yes. they were like opinionated within this postage stamp world yeah and i found that so fascinating because then you'd go to the park and it was like their minds exploded yeah they had like an hour in them and they were overwhelmed <laughs> and just crying <laughs> you know do you remember shy guy and, you know, I can only speak to Shy Guy because I didn't know your boys. Yeah. So he was my only toddler. 
he had Hot Wheels. Yes. And he would park them. He had so, so many like Hot Wheels. So he's like two years old and yeah. he's parking them by color. He size, started that at two? Like make and model. Yeah. <laughs> I have photos <clears throat> and it looks like an overhead shot of an airport park and ride parking lot <laughs> where he's got them all lined up and he would just park them. And then, like, assess, and then, like, move a couple and assess. That's and, so funny. I he mean, was born Montessori, wasn't he? Oh. When you read about toddlers, you you literally live for the day that they start all of that amazing learning that you're mm-hmm. talking about, right? It's and, really phenomenal to watch. And the growing, and that you are going to be there to witness it, and you think, oh, my God, what a gift that will be. Mm-hmm. The real gift is when you finally find an online blog that tells you how you can actually use hairspray to get an hour's worth of scribbling with a pen off your new leather couch. Mm-hmm. Blue pen, camel couch, full grain, drum-dyed leather. <laughs> I mean the good stuff. It was like a stuff. ballpoint pen, wasn't it? It was a ballpoint pen, and I've never seen anything like it. But I'm here to tell you, hairspray can be mm-hmm. your best friend. And I'm talking about the aerosol stuff. Did you have an easel? Yes. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you what. You tell me my, what, Ellen. My ex, Shy Guy's other mom. Yep. Her mom was a Montessori school preschool teacher. Right. So she grew up Montessori. Yeah. She set our living room up like a classroom. That's pretty smart. And so he wouldn't have been tempted or even curious about a pen on a couch because he had his spot for that. And it was, I mean, honestly, it was like um, not super comfortable for adults to hang out in. Yeah, that's the deal, right? It was the most amazing. And we had an outside water sensory table. I remember with, that. I built that. with yeah. water on one side and rice on the other. Yeah. I mean, he was constantly like, because part of that, let me write on this, is not let me fuck up your couch. No, they don't know that. It's this, oh, this makes them, like, you know what I mean? It's an exploration. Okay, let's think about a ballpoint pen, so the just, way that feels on a full grain piece of leather. Oh, so good for a little two-year-old's hand. I'm going to try it. That couch is down in the rec room. <laughs> that's right. And you still can't see the And it's the up against pen. the wall <laughs> because it can't be a piece that's out in the middle. No, because it's it, got fucking ballpoint no the hairspray just kind of dried it out so it's all gotta... well it looks all sun bleached on the back it does but yeah that's, yeah it's that's like cause I didn't well because you do you put hairspray on a cow bonnie <laughs> only if their hair is standing look, straight up that would look weird it would dry it out and etch it kind of like what you did to our sink the other... okay do we want to talk anyway, about that right now what else do you have to say about toddlers okay so i actually thought this is how it started in my head okay we will have all the adventures. We will learn by doing. Oh, yes. And we will become the best people that we can be. And then I have to say to myself, wait, why am I saying we? Because mm-hmm. I am still an individual. God damn it. <laughs> um, but the, the reality is getting a shower in when you are living with toddlers is a feat unto itself. So you try adding like a day at the beach and you are D-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. You are done. That will happen, but dinner won't happen. So pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Do you want a day at the beach or do you want dinner? Are you, you talking have both. about personal experience? Oh, God, yeah. So you and Tigger yeah. out on an adventure would mean you aren't able to make dinner or take a shower? Uh, well, showers, I would find it a hard because I was trying to work at the same time. Oh, you're still a career woman. Yes. I so see. trying to juggle all of that, yeah, was okay. really, really hard. Because I'm with you on the adventures. I think I did have that expectation. Like... I will show you the world. That's right. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Like, get on my magic carpet and let's go. Like, I really did see myself showing Shy Guy. And we <laughs> like, did... I'm, my head's exploding. Like, Shy Guy, nature, nature, Shy Guy. Why don't you guys chat? <laughs> you know? 
But that was like a tall order because I worked full time. And so yeah. if I wanted to take it, it was like a weekend thing only. And then it wasn't just him and me. And so it was like, I wanted, it didn't I want quite work out. I wanted daily and I wanted several. Yeah. So I wanted the, you go from the beach to the mountains and then you go from the mountains. To, I, I just had big expectations. Mm-hmm. And I the did fact too. is that, you know, it takes forever to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And you get there, and then there's the meltdown, and there's the blowout, and there's, you know, all these things take time. And finally, you're exhausted, and they want to play in the sand, and all you want to do is go home and eat bonbons. Mm -hmm. Well, and lo and behold, what? Shy guy grows up and is like, hey, so... I don't like the outdoors. Trees are cool. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate what they give, and I, you know, here's my allowance for Greta, (laughs) but... I'm going to be on the baseball diamond if you need me. Yes. And that's where I would have been happy the whole time. (laughs) So how did it start for you with uh, preschoolers and kindergartners? What were your expectations there? So when Shy Guy entered preschool. Yep. Montessori. Yep. It was like right as I was getting a divorce. Okay. And so it was weird. I was all of a sudden single and having my son every other weekend yeah, in the beginning. Didn't have a place to live myself for a while. And, um, you know, he was getting, and he was starting preschool. I was crying. He was crying. <laughs> Everybody was crying. Yeah. And so mm. this is kind of a selfish parenting moment. But what I remember most about that time was just what I was going through. Yeah. Interesting. So it was, it's, you know, but I remember that we had made the decision that he would go to Montessori, which I was totally into mm-hmm. and thought that was great. And my recollection is that it was going to be preschool, pre-K, and kindergarten, and then evaluate if this was a good environment for him. But mm-hmm. it was like within a week, he was so it was so his thing into it. Yeah, and he also um, he's a summer birthday, late summer birthday, but he was ready. So it was just uh, like I sobbed. This little teeny tiny guy <laughs> whose backpack was bigger than him. <laughs> And at Montessori, you don't walk your kids in. They walk the kid in. You just drop them off. Yeah. And, and it was car, just... Car, car circle? Car, car line. Car line. Oh, my God. pull up in car line, and yes. they get out, and the teachers get them in. And, yeah, he cried the first day. Goodbye. Yeah. I could but, just see him. Oh, my God. I know. But, but for that whole huh. three years, he was in the same classroom, because that's the way Montessori is... Preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, then one, two, three, mm-hmm. and then four, five, six, and the middle school is seven and eight. And that was cool because we really got to know the other families and we got to know the teachers really well because right. it was always the same. And he was a little guy working with bigger kids and then the bigger kids working with little guys. And I loved the Montessori experience. Yeah, I liked the whole great. thing. But it was another one of those times where the trajectory, I mean, the amount that he learned in those three years. And every time I think I was a little bit surprised about the growth. Yeah. Right. But he that just, is what's so I yeah, mean, he went stunning. in to me. He went in as a toddler mm-hmm. and he came out a kid. Yeah. And it was really like it's just crazy. He learned to read. He learned to write. Yeah. He learned math, you know, and Montessori and you were not is expecting like, that. No. Yeah. I wasn't expecting. I think I that's true. I mean, you, you give up your little your little toddler to some sort of school system right and it's it's this is the this is the child that you sobbed because you were sure they were going to die in lake washington as you drove over the bridge Mm -hmm. and suddenly you're like handing them off and driving away that is a really um unsettling experience and it's very hard the first time you do it for sure well and it opens up i think that the thing to me that was the most surprising about it is that shy guy is That is his name because he is a shy guy. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden he had a million questions. Yeah. About how the The world world worked. worked. But he would like, 
you know, he's so subtle. It would just be like this really like he would wait as long as he possibly could, <laughs> observe as much as he could, try to put put it together as best he could. But he would still have one lingering question and he'd say, how does this work? <laughs> like, this is the piece I can't figure out, which would lead to, a conversation. to more and more questions. And yeah. I'm looking at him going why are you even asking? How do you know to even ask me this? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's happening? It's so stunning to watch your kids grow. Mm-hmm. It is just, it's always startling at every single age. Well, I will tell you how it started for me in preschool. I was going to be the perfectly crafty mother. <laughs> and my children and I would make really wonderful things together. Crafts, crafty things. I fucking hate crafts. <laughs> I know. I hate crafts with a capital F and H and C. Fucking hate crafts. Um, I really do. And not only do I not like them. What happened? I'm terrible at them. My creations are worthy of a bonfire, mm. is what I say. That's a bonfire. Oh, like bon? You're bonnie. bonnie. Uh-huh. A bonfire. That's very funny. Very clever. Like a dumpster fire? It is a dumpster fire for my, for my crafts. 2020 is a bonfire. So I am eternally, as you know, eternally grateful for Samish school. The cult. <laughs> the cult. <laughs> because from <No>. <clears throat> pre from preschooler to kindergarten for three years, they taught my boys how to love to learn. Mm-hmm. And they really, not just my boys, but all the kids in that school. Mm-hmm. It really is quite the remarkable thing. And the nice thing is they love crafts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's awesome. Um, the we other... still... I, just, <sighs> I have to interrupt you. Yes, Sidebar. Yes. Sidebar. We yes. still hang up. Yes. The crafts... Because I'll tell you, even though I think that it's a cult. <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't really think it's a cult, but it's kind of a cult. Um, it wasn't like, and Montessori was the same way. They would come home with like these sheets of fabric that where they had cut out block prints and then printed yeah. it. And yeah. I was like, this is something I might actually want to hang up. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And it was the same quality I saw coming out of summer school they get to elementary school and i'm like it's this just, is horse shit it's art garbage and it's going in the recycle bin they're like what what yeah you didn't give it your all this is half ass <laughs> do not save all of your kids art if it doesn't look good throw it away yeah. throw it away in front of them and say you didn't do your best work i'm sorry <laughs> okay wait a minute <clears throat> did you just say don't keep all your kids art moving on now <laughs> um okay here is something else that I imagined would happen okay. when I had small children. We were still in pre-K. And... This is the last one. Okay. Hot coffee. I always expected. Oh, it's always cold by the time you get to it. That I would like sit and read and when they were babies, rock them and sip oh. hot coffee. Even if it was, you know, decaffeinated because I was breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah. And then they got older and I thought, well, I'll finally have time for the hot coffee. I swear to God mm-hmm. that the reason that Starbucks exists in this world is because it's the only way that mothers can get hot coffee. And they only get it while they're driving their kids to school for drop off. That's the only time you get hot coffee. The rest of it, just forget about it. You pour it, somebody cries, you walk away, you come back, it's tepid. Starbucks. And just go to hell, tepid coffee. Starbucks, baby. I love it. Okay, so that was my, you know, I mean, that that spans the entire, until they get to high school, you don't get hot coffee. So just accept it and go with ice. This is your experience. (laughs) You had hot coffee. I did. God damn you. (laughs) Yeah, but you also like... (laughs) <laughs> rip me a new one every time we pay taxes and you audit our bank account and you're like Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks blah, 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 blah. and I'm like well guess what bitch I get hot coffee <laughs> yeah. seriously alright first through fifth grade Oh god 
All right, this is what I wrote. Okay. You want me to just read you my notes? <laughs> sure. Okay. <sighs> this is how it started versus this is how it's going. <laughs> this is being in the thick of it. All the after-school activities start, mm. sports get more serious, play dates and sleepovers and big birthday parties. Also, overnight camp. Mm. These are days I remember being so tired at night I could fall asleep in my clothes. And it was a bit of a grind. Get up and do it again sort of feeling. Why? Because there isn't much difference between first grade and fifth grade. That's so And true. if the school doesn't shake it up, that means that while your kid is experiencing five years of it, you're experiencing like 15 years of it if you've <laughs> been a dumbass and, had three and spilled children. your kids out. <laughs> yeah. But the kids are very helpful at home, and they're funny, and they love adventure. They're hilarious. And what you say still goes for the most part. Yeah. And if you talk something up, you can get them pumped for anything. Oh, my God. Christmas list. By the time we got to Christmas every year, they would say, I want this and this and this. And we'd be like, really? Well, it was already purchased like three months before when we planted the seed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Hate but to break it But remember, you could be like, we're going to all work in the yard. And then we're going to have. They'd be like, all right. Sandwiches. And then we're going to work some more. And they'd be like, sandwiches. I love sandwiches. Yeah. And then at one point, and we'll cover middle school in a minute, they were like. I will um, never eat a sandwich again as no, long as like, I live. So this whole work in the yard thing. Yeah. Let's, can we talk about that? Yeah. Anyway, that's my take on first through fifth grade. Even in the beloved Montessori school where Shy Guy went. Oh, it's same thing. It was just this monotonous. Yes. Monotonous mundane routine. <laughs> How superfluous is all that? It was just, it felt like the same thing yep. year after year. And other parents were like, take camera. And, oh my God, it's so cute. Look at that cute fit and casting. That would be me. And Shut I'm up. like, fucking A. <laughs> this is not different. And you know what? People listening out there, and even you, Bonfire, you know this is true. Oh, I can... It was just same song, second verse. Same as the first. Same as the first. And um, a little bit worse. Every oh. Shoot me in the face. Okay, so this is the time in my life where I would get to May and I would say to my friends and family, mm -hmm. I hate children. <laughs> <laughs> it, would be, it would be like, it would start May 15th mm -hmm. until they got out of school. And then the last day of school, I would pick them up and I would say, boys... You're going into, you know, name the grade the next yeah. year. And blah, I would blah. feel all this love and appreciation for the teacher of that year. And I would say, let's go get hamburgers and French fries and, and milkshakes. Yeah. yeah, celebrate. And it was like it had never happened until next May 15th. But remember. What? First through fifth grade, too. I'm having all these flashbacks now. And I yeah. don't know why I didn't have these flashbacks when I was researching, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing the pre-work. I think it's because of what you're saying right now. Because this is really when I started to realize that you were someone who didn't let a day go by without significance. Mm. And that was a real gift for me because I've never faced death. And so I was like, well, what the fuck? Who cares? <laughs> like, there's always next year. Not a big deal. Like, ooh. And it's not just Christmas, birthdays, New Year's. You're like putting a mark on each day where there can be any significance found, which I think is really awesome. But with that also comes... A lot of work. A lot of work because you have to keep up with it. And so what I mean by that is like, yes, you used to take the first day of school off and the last day of school off yep. to celebrate the kids, which is awesome. But when you go all in like that, if you put all your poker chips on in on this one hand of <laughs> childhood, it is year after year of coming up with teacher gifts. Oh, God. The teacher right? gifts. Oh. It is like all of these different 
Okay, so band concerts, music concerts, <laughs> the winter concert, the oh, spring God. concert. You're giving me and, a headache. And this is not even at the high school. This is like middle, middle school. Middle school, yeah. And even elementary school. So then the middle school decides to do a play one year. <laughs> but they don't have a fucking stage. It's just in the cafeteria. Yes. So, I mean, it was just like nonstop. But you, like literally, bless, bless your heart. You are there with your camera, a tripod, a flip cam. You're like, Ellen, record it. Like... Honey, we have we could go back and actually probably rewatch our kids' childhood. The entire thing. Because it's captured. Oh God. I'm not saying this to disparage you in any way. I will not be disparaged. Because like there's a happy medium for sure. But it also makes a person pause and like think about these things because as they're flooding back to me it's only happy good memories i know of like you and up staying up super late like well what would mrs blah 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 like what would be a good gift because we don't want to do like what everyone else is doing and we're like because we're fucking creatives <laughs> just buy a gift right card. and we're like well our craft skills like i mean we used to agonize i know but it's creating the moment for our kiddo to take that in and be like thank you for yes. what you do yeah right yeah but we're the we're the dumbasses up at one. <laughs> because we're going to do something different. Okay, here's the... I'm going to give you a tip. Here's a life Oh, hack. this is Auntie B's pro tip of the day. Absolutely. Okay. You can go to... This is the one craft I will do because okay. I love them myself. Yep. You can go to a craft store, <clears throat> a good one, and get um, bees sheets of beeswax. Oh, this is bomb. It is the bomb. And then you can buy the wicks by the yard, the wick, the cotton wick material by the yard and then you just sit down and you watch Christmas shows. The holiday. Uh-huh. Love, actually. We're going to do it this weekend. Yes, we are. And uh, you roll up and you make beeswax candles for everybody in your life, all the teachers, all of the neighbors, mm -hmm. all of the, you know. And the thing is, is that they are really relatively inexpensive. It's just buying the material, which is not that expensive, and then your time. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful, and you can wrap them really beautifully, and you can do people's favorite colors, and it's it's lovely. And just FYI, beeswax is way more healthy for you than any other kind of candle out there. So buy beeswax. I forgot Make about candles that. with beeswax. Yeah. She's I'm, right. And slip a little Starbucks card in there because moms we, aren't the only yeah. people out there who don't get hot coffee. Teachers don't get Teachers, hot coffee. absolutely. Go to your local coffee shop. Buy a... Local Buy coffee local. gift card and yep. slip it into a couple of beeswax candles. God, you're right. We've made, we've rolled so many candles. And I have a ton of in a roll this year, too. We are Amish we, at this point. We're <laughs> dun, 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 we are dun, 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 honorary dun. Amish and we don't drink and we don't drive. Hand me that bottle. Either. Um, okay. I wrote just two things for first through fifth. Oh. One was... The boys' birthday parties will be educational adventures that make all of the other parents look on in awe. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen. Okay. But in actuality, I ended up with a young boy sitting at the bottom of a swimming pool while I planted seeds in hand-decorated pots as gifts for the kids as they left. I did not have my eye on the ball, nor did I have my eye on the boy in the bottom of the pool. Mm -hmm. Which is a song. There's a boy in the bottom of the pool. There's a boy in the... Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, he lived. Everything was fine. But boy, oh boy, were those birthday parties a pain in the arse. Um, the other thing I wrote was, I will embody kindness, empathy, patience, and wisdom. My children will cherish, admire, and model themselves after me. Well, as you've already heard, I hate children by May 15th. So 
That's not true. Parenting is about screwing up, making amends, and then trying to do better the next time. And I will say, if I have a superpower, mm-hmm. it is making amends. You, I'm yes. very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can't say... It's because you do it every day. <laughs> what? Are you enjoying yourself? <laughs> you like... You were like that that chicken that laughs and then floats in the air. Oh no, it was a dog that laughed and floated in the air. It was a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Jesus. sorry, sorry. I you I am disparaging you at this point. Now you are. You are very good at making amends. I'm going to let you finish. Proof is in how our boys take that very seriously and they clean things up. They do. They clean things up. And the person in our family who is worst at making amends is the dog floating in the air. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> seriously, screwing up is just part of the job. Oh, you've said that to me before. Parenting is just a series of making amends, and it's it's true. It's true. It is absolutely true. Middle school. Middle oh my school. God. So here's what. How did it start? I don't like middle schoolers. How's it going? I don't like middle schoolers. <laughs> and we were actually contemplating doing an entire episode on tweens because I got to say, it's a, yeah, th- th- this is a terrible age to be a human. And to parent a human who's a middle schooler. It is a tough, tough time and the, in our so, bodies. Oh, God. And socially. Yes. And in my notes, I put, I think, especially now with technology, it's a bully's playground. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. It is, it is just, if I had to do it over again... I think I would put um, the boys in Montessori just for the middle school years. (laughs) Well, and even there, there were issues. I mean, it is super, super tough. But I will say that, um, and this is another area for me as like in my life growing up, since there's a huge age gap between me and my sisters, I was like out of there when they were still pretty young. Yeah. yeah. So I missed a lot of this Mm -hmm. and whatever drama there was or to get a feel for the rhythm of what it would be like for an someone else in middle school for me it was terrible yeah because it's when i first realized there was something different or wrong about me and i didn't fit in and it was not just wrong a shit just show. different well thank you so much you're welcome but this is a great age for family stuff still it is because it's a very safe place for them at home yep right yep and um i think what i love the most about this age with our kids is when we would travel with them. Oh, my God. They were so much fun. Away from the social pressure, away from what everybody expects of them, away from trying to fit in and be popular. They were just with the people they trusted the most. Well, yes. And because here's the sweet spot. They don't need to be carried through the airport. Right? Mm-hmm. But they are still young enough to be in total awe of where we're going and what we're seeing right. and what we're doing. This so there's is, that. Did we go to Hawaii during this time? Yeah, we we took the boys as a family to Disneyland for the first time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, during this age where they were both, we had like one and on the we had like bookends, middle school bookends, and yeah. Lola in middle school. Yeah, yeah. And we did. We also took them. Took we also took them to Kauai. Mm-hmm. That was a and great. It trip. was so great. They were at just such a great age to. Yeah. They didn't check out into technology. Yeah. They were really present. They were aware. They, they were enthusiastic. They were interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were independent, so mm-hmm. they all had their own rolly bags and were getting it done, <laughs> so it wasn't exhausting for us. Yes. <laughs> but, but they also still were, like, totally hooked on mom hype. Yeah. And so we were like, it's time for poke. And they're like, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just a... Now we're going to drink coconut water yeah. out of a coconut. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> a right? straw in a coconut? Look at that guy with the machine. Whack. Oh, I man. Mean, it was, uh, yeah. So as, as much as I 
say in jest I don't like middle schoolers. I th- it's not true. That is just a shit time. It is. And uh, I relate. <laughs> and I loved them at home. They were just... It was just an easy time at home, actually, because they felt safe there. And I think they were just really real. Well, how it started for me in terms of middle school, I I actually thought, you know, during this phase of his life, (laughs) I will meet the young man my son is about to come. But the reality is... (laughs) I love you. (laughs) If toddlers are assholes, middle schoolers are bona fide aliens. I kid you not. Oh, yeah. And and they, they literally... Uh, there's this, you know, we've talked about it. You don't have the um, prefrontal cortex is not connected yet in, in a in a especially a boy's brain until like 25 and girls are sooner than that. But actually in middle school, they don't even have a brain. They just take it out of their head. They drop it into a bag as they walk into middle school. And three years later, they walk out and they say, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's mine. And they put it back into their head. Mm-hmm. It is really a weird time. And I just feel for them. And it's I rem- just a hormone. Oh, hormone driven piece of uh, yeah. uh, confusion. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, I've it, always it. I'm a big softie for self-expression. Yeah. You know, that yeah. sexual identity, whatever it is, wherever you are, in life, on your path as a child, I will meet you there. Uh-huh. And I will love you in that spot and accept you. And this yeah. is when they are raw. At their at their most vulnerable. Yeah, and, and I think that that's why, for as honestly as fucked up as a time it is, it's why I love them so much in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because it's, um, I just get it. I you just relate get it. so big and bad. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember them being so funny at home. They just were so hilarious. Funny. And, and they, I don't know they if they still wanted to decorate. Well, they still do, but like, you know, we'd be like, let's decorate cookies, let's do Easter egg, let's do like carved pumpkins and and any anything was open open. Yeah. They still wanted to do all of that stuff with such gusto and it was more fun at that age for some reason for me. I liked watching it. I'm going to say, though, that we are speaking as the mother of three boys. Okay. And we did not have a 13-year-old girl in this house. And I know from experience with my mogs, my mothers of girls, that 13 is the bewitching hour for girls. And it's hell. It is actual hell in the house for a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. we recognize that. I mean, boys are so much. I mean, they're just dumb as rocks in middle school. They really are. It's crazy. It is unbelievable. Really bad choices. They do make really bad choices. And you are there kind of like when they're 15 months old and you are actually there to save them from themselves. Mm-hmm. You're you're there to keep them alive. The same is true in middle school. Really is. You have to keep an eye on them because they are just they are just raw to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's boys and girls are a little bit different. I'll never forget the first time I walked into the middle school. It was the, you know, so the, let me see. Tigger was in grade school. And they had a come see what the junior high is going to be like for you. The middle school is going to be like for your son or Mm -hmm, your daughter, mm -hmm. your child. And so we had a walk through as parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking down the hallway and here's all these dweeby little boys walking past me. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks about right. This is going to be good. And then all of a sudden this class lets out and these full fledged women (laughs) walked out of the classroom. And I was like, what the hell? Who let the high schoolers in here? And it's just that girls in middle school. They that that's when they really jump ahead of the boys in terms mm-hmm. of development. And that is emotional development, physical development, the whole bollywax, which is why they like the high school boys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of weird. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't send my little 
boy here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These women will eat him alive. <laughs> well, I think the other thing about so first of all, I I have been on the fence about God for most of my life until I didn't have a girl. And I was like, okay, there's a God. <laughs> because I <clears throat> don't know what I would have done. But the thing about this age, and it was a, a doctor or our neighbor who's a doctor was explaining this to me that that part of your brain that's not connected mm-hmm. and and a horm- and there's a hormone that's not released mm-hmm. or is released. I can't remember. But basically what happens is this scenario. If I jump, this will happen. Mm-hmm. And they don't have what it takes to... Understand, understand this will happen. And so, yes. Yeah. And so they'll jump. This is Michael. And Michael, our neighbor. We have a mix of, of those in our home. Right. We have a mix. Tigger will jump. Lola will understands that there is something that needs to be assessed, but might jump. Mm-hmm. And I think that Shy Guy, and I'm saying this because I don't see him take any risks. Somehow he's understanding that there's something and so he's just not even going to the edge. I think he's totally risk aversion. I don't know that it's prefrontal anything. No, I think he's just I, yeah. his personality is risk aversion. And so we've got we've got like this mix. Yes. We're like, guys. Right. Do you remember <laughs> what is happening? Do you remember the time I think it was Lola, maybe it was Tigger, and they were in Explorers Club and there was a culvert and they had to crawl through the culvert mm-hmm. and look over the edge and see that it like dropped down like ten or twenty feet. They had or to something. do some risk assessment. They had to do some risk assessment. Yeah. And one of them made just a dumbass decision. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is <laughs> where'd your risk assessment go? I thought Matt taught you that in Explorers Club. Okay, well this is like every seventies movie where the mom says, If your friend jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you and the answer is yes. <laughs> they would. We just would jump, know that. We would do it ma why you asking ma yeah we would do it we're in middle school we're gonna fucking jump off the brooklyn bridge if our friend does it's the stupidest question ever but then but then ellen there's high school and so it pays off the middle school so high school conundrum i wrote a lot about this you did so high school for me really is the second part. It's the upperclassmen part because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I actually think that the way that the elementary school and the middle school and the high school are broken up aren't quite right. I think that I ninth graders should still be part of a middle school. I do too. Conglomerate. Absolutely. I feel like that that is just still such a, a little kid really. Yeah. And it's when you go to high school and you're in there's an expectation that I don't think you can meet or should have to meet or feel pressure to meet mm-hmm. and you should just still be back. And be allowed to be a, a young, a, a middle schooler. Just chill still. <clears throat> a so junior high schooler. When I think of high school, I think of 10, 11, 12, 11, 12. Yeah. And most of that really does revolve around the idea, and we've talked about this before, of fouling the nest. Yeah. Of where you start to really push back. Right. Because that was kind of always my thought about high school with Shy Guy, with Tigger, with Lola, as with parenting in general. Because of myself, my own experience was, oh, shit, this is when things are really going to come to blows. Yeah. And what is that going to look like with my own kids? Will, will they be as awful as I was? Was I normal? Was being gay? Did that exacerbate how badly I thought I needed to get out, not knowing that why I needed to leave was to come out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Because I didn't know like how okay, to do it at home. Crazy. Right. But here's what I wrote about our boys. <laughs> Because I was thinking about it in terms of fouling the nest when they started really like making it clear that things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I started with Lola. 
So Lola has always had a tendency to push back, but really only when he feels that the expectations are unreasonable or he is being mischaracterized. Unjust. Yes. Otherwise, he's mostly agreeable. Yep. And the life of the party. Yeah. He is the same at 19 as he was at nine. <laughs> it's true. And that is 90. <laughs> He, was he born has 90. always been an old Italian man on his front lawn in a white tank top with spaghetti stains screaming, get off my lawn. <laughs> and that's really how he fouled the nest. He just got so articulate about how he felt he was being unjustly fill in the blank mm -hmm. that we knew it was time that he go experience some autonomy out there in the world. Which started? Tigger. Fouled the nest in a more traditional way. He positioned himself as Ugh. someone who no longer needed parents. And we said, that sounds great. <laughs> it's true. But even when we were ready to move his furniture onto the roof, he oh. was easygoing and accommodating. Yeah. I mean, he could be furious with us. And we would say, could you mow the lawn? And he'd say, of course. <laughs> it's so funny. How? What else? The most agreeable person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Shy Guy, who's only a junior. Shy Guy is like Mr. Invisible. He gets away with most everything and suffers from extreme hanger. He hasn't started fouling the nest per se yet, but I can see that it will be our most traditional. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult. And all I can say is thank God he has another house. That's <laughs> true. I He's a junior, and, and uh, the junior year is my favorite year because that is when they come into who they're going to be eventually. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful year. If you have never had a junior or known a junior, maybe you don't have kids yourself and you've got nieces and nephews. Oh my God. It is just when they become who they're going to be. And it's really cool. But I will say when I was thinking about high school, you know, when I was pregnant and thinking someday they'll be in high school, I was thinking, you know, much differently than the reality of what happened because suddenly through all of these ages and stages, you're there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a graduate. Nothing has ever taken so long or arrived so, so quickly. quickly. Yeah. It is really true. Mm -hmm. So that's when you remember the late nights and the diaper blowouts and the craft projects and the poor boy at the bottom of the swimming pool. <laughs> and that's when you realize that those are some of your favorite memories. You realize that parenting really is the whole kit and caboodle, the good, the bad, and the defiant, mm -hmm. right? You see that the middle schooler's brain returned just in time to help create what's turned out to be kind of a remarkable human being, mm -hmm. even if he does think he knows every fucking thing in the world, <laughs> because that's what happens in high school. Ugh. And you understand now why people say that the days with the little ones go so slow, but the years fly by too fast. It's really true. That has been the theme song of my parenting experience. Mm -hmm. And you remember how small their hands were mm -hmm. and the smell of their newborn heads and the way they held your hand on that first hike in the woods like you were the person who was going to show them the world. And you realize that parenting is hard and exhausting and that it robs you of time and personal experiences and the sleep you will never, ever, ever make up as long as you live. Despite it all, however, you understand that nothing is ever going to fill you up the way that this roller coaster of a ride has filled you up and that you will never, ever love anyone or anything as much 
as you love your children. Mm -hmm. Except chocolate. (laughs) There's always chocolate. Well, let me tell you something. What? An experience I had this weekend. Yeah. The boys and I went down on Sunday to help my sister and my brother-in-law move. Yes. And my sister Lauren stayed at the old house because the baby was there. So they've got two kids. Their four-year-old was with my mom. Oh. Gramps, my dad, was painting their new house. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason and the boys did most of the moving of the furniture. And Lauren was with the baby at the old house. And I was like kind of all over the place. Right. And when the baby woke up from her nap, I said, well, I'll get her. And I went into her room and I opened the door and I looked at her and she looked at me and just smiled. Oh, my God. The biggest smile. She was born in May. So June, July, August, September, October, November. So she's almost seven months old. Mm -hmm. And I picked her up and she just cooed and smiled and no stranger danger, nothing. And Mm -hmm. I realized in that moment that I had an opportunity because when I moved away to college, I was 18 and Lauren was nine. And I missed a ton. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to miss this one. Anything. Nope. And so I am going to absolutely double down on being in those girls' lives because I felt a love for my niece in that moment holding her that was so close to how I felt holding my son. It was overwhelming. Oh. It was absolutely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And just this looking at her and she looks so much like my sister yeah and i was nine when lauren was born i was not a toddler (laughs) i was like in second grade and it just hit me like a ton of bricks that this this is my moment like i lament not you know when you go off to college you are so Mm self-absorbed you are so self-absorbed it's true and you know what though that's your job yep that's what you should do that's your job you need to figure some shit out but I missed stuff and I hate that. And I don't have to. No, you get a second chance. I get a second chance. Yeah. And I just didn't even want to put her down. I fed her lunch and I just, I didn't want to leave. I was like, what else do you guys need? What else do you guys need? Can I come back and I help paint the girls' rooms or whatever? <laughs> and Lauren's like, whoa. <laughs> Settle down there. Yeah, but I'm already, I was, I was thinking to myself, like later that night, I'm like, okay, so this, what, what are we doing next weekend? Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Like, when can I get back down? Mm. to those girls and just like be with them you know what i like, I don't want to because it does go so fast it goes so fast it does and i want to i want to see it again mm-hmm. i want to see it again well uh, what i get really excited about is when lauren shares a video of the baby and then i send it along and share it with our boys mm-hmm. and they write back the most you know like Oh, adorbs. <laughs> Love that. She's so cute. Oh, Gucci, Gucci, Goo, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so I think, oh, my God, these boys are on the cusp of the next part of their lives. You know, first, finish college. <clears throat> Whoa. Get your... I No, I'm ready for it. Slow down, bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. We All haven't right. talked about college yet. I have that bucket. I, I don't have that bucket. I just, like, waxed you hard poetic. You did. But it hit me. What you're saying is really true. It is. And I'm so so grateful f- for where I am in life yeah. and that I have two nieces and they think that Aunt- Natalie thinks that Auntie B and Auntie E <laughs> are celebrities because she sees us. Think about this. She sees us on a screen. I was going to, you know, I was going to say. We're TV stars to her. These kids who are growing up during the pandemic. Yeah. 
they're not going to know the difference between a bona fide like celebrity mm-hmm. and say Auntie E and Auntie B. She's going to ask for an autograph next time I'm, I'm down there. I'm pretty good with I'm that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. College has been something else. It right. has been. So college. All okay. Right. How, it, how it started. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. How it's going. Hello. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you guys. And hence. Wear a mask. I hate you for not wearing a mask. You have no idea. If you don't wear a mask and you're sad that this podcast is going off the air, fuck you. It's your fault. (laughs) Okay, so let's actually, let's talk about that. Because here's the scoop. We would be down in this studio next week once again. It's true. Putting down another podcast, except that it hit us like a ton of bricks about... Six weeks ago, I want to say that all of a sudden we have shy guy who is dealing with a pandemic and he can't see his friends. He can't play baseball. He can't see his girlfriend except behind a mask and at six feet. And it is really difficult for him. It's a shit show. It is a shit show. And so um, he's 16 and he needs he needs engagement and he's not getting it socially from his friends. And we are. Working full time, mm-hmm. and every night we have something to do with the podcast, mm-hmm. and either that's editing or we are laying down the podcast or whatever. Then we have Lola, who suddenly is back home and shouldn't be. And if you think that a 19 year old who goes off to college where he should be failing and being obligated to succeed to some brilliant professor, at USC, who is like, you know, I mean, he should be responsible to somebody else. Not in- us. Instead, he is here. And if we don't hold him accountable so that he can be responsible to somebody, he will actually miss this developmental milestone. And I don't, I, I just can't even underscore that enough. So one mm-hmm. night we were in the office and we realized they were. I think it was the night that uh, Lola came in and something had happened and he just standing in the doorway where they like to have their conversations with us while mm-hmm. we're in our office again. And he really, much like a three-year-old or a seven-year-old or a middle schooler, he needed his parents. Mm-hmm. And we gave, we stopped what we were doing and we gave him what we what he needed. And then we had to go back and finish whatever podcast work we were working on. And we realized, wow. Our boys really need us. Mm-hmm. And if we, as two women who um, host a show, although it's called I Shouldn't Have Had Kids, you know why we do this show. We are first and foremost parents. We love our boys beyond anything that's imaginable, even before you have the baby and you think, I'll never love anything like this. You can't know what it's like to love the way a parent loves. We realized that we weren't there for them and they were asking us to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So that really, at the end of the day, is kind of what brings us to now. Yeah, to this moment. To this moment, which started a year ago. A year ago. Tonight. We were just two goofballs trying something <laughs> new, figuring out the equipment on the fly, picking topics by the seat of our pants, and then it got real. You know, we found a flow and we kind of let the show grow organically. It got a little political, a little sentimental, but it was always with plenty of good humor. That was our intent. Right. Yeah. Well, and then there was a pandemic. Jesus. A shutdown. Oh, God. Work from home. What? Colleges closed. Ugh. Lola moved home. No. Working remote. 
mm-hmm. online, Zoom video. Please. And an election. Oh, God. Not exactly what we had in mind when we started a year ago and had an empty <laughs> nest every other week. Okay, so how's it going? Well, now we know a thing or two about producing a podcast, sure. But what really is evident is that our kids need us because the truth is we should have had kids and we did. So thank you for taking the time to join us every week. Oh, God. We aren't saying goodbye. Nope. We're saying see you soon. We need to take some time over the holidays to regroup, recharge, reconnect, and plan out the next big thing, which is already in the works. Truly. It's very different and very compelling. So Mm -hmm. we think you're going to like it. But um, in the meantime, please don't be a stranger. Drop us a line at our social channels, or you can email us at I shouldn't have had kids at gmail.com. Be safe, be well, and most of all, be kind to each other. It's Bonnie and Ellen signing off from the Bombcast studio. Goodbye. Goodbye.